right, day 170. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in the book of Hosea. This is the second day of Hosea, Hosea 5 through 8. And Hosea is broken up into these two parts, right? So Hosea 1 through 3 is primarily about this marriage between Hosea and Gomer. Remember, remember we talked about how um, the Lord would have the prophets uh, perform these prophetic sign acts, prophetic sign acts. And these prophetic sign acts would um, be a way that the prophets actually acted out their message, right? So Hosea marries this uh, woman of promiscuity, uh, Gomer, and Gomer is cheating on my man Hosea. And this is uh, kind of acting out what it's like between God and Israel. Remember, God had been this faithful spouse on Israel's behalf and they took advantage of God in a sense and they were unfaithful right they were giving themselves to idols to false gods and so Hosea 5 is going to pick up still with that theme of um just prophecy so four so one two three is about the marriage and then four to 14 is primarily uh, an assortment of prophecies during the life of Hosea so he says hear this priests Pay attention, house of Israel. Listen, royal house, for the judgment applies to you because you have been a snare at Mizpah and a net spread out at Tabor. So what Hosea is prophesying here, um, he's now to the point where he's going to, in uh, chapter five, point his prophetic finger at the leaders of Israel, right? The leaders. And this language that he's going to use of the royal house and the priests make it clear who he's talking to. And yo, these were the cats sponsoring the idolatry among God's people. Right. So you had priests and leaders in the community sponsoring the idolatry among God's people when they were supposed to be the ones to be driving out the idolatry. Right. Among God's people. And he, you know, adds a location. He put the GPS on that bad boy. He's he's like, no, at Mizpah and at Mount Tabor. Right. And these were two historical locations where this actually took place. And we just see, like, at the end of the day, godly leaders are needed in every generation. Why? Because we always, as we always say, we don't rise to the standards that have been set. We fall to the level of our leadership, right? So from here, the Lord goes in, goes in and he speaks of the way judgment is coming and not just that judgment is coming. Listen, he speaks of the sudden, subtle nature of the way it will come. It will come like a roaring lion, right? That comes upon uh, their prey. He says his people are determined Listen, determined to give themselves to idols. Um, and this is this hard-hearted, tight-fisted stubbornness that is present among God's people. Um, and God is like, yo, I have no choice but to judge. And you, you see this interesting thing in the Bible um, where God is uh, always gives a warning before the wrath, right? Always gives some kind of uh, alarm alarm system <laughs> before, you know, the judgment comes. But it's But the judgment is still imminent it still is surprising right so jesus will say no no in the last days like it will be like the days of noah right people were drinking and and partying and living and getting married and all this stuff and then the son of man is going to come like nobody knows it'll come out of nowhere but he's still giving this warning in the meantime and so you see the same kind of themes here and so the lord is is clear but he's always like giving this like thread and lace of like hope at the same time so verse 15 will say i will depart and return to my place until <laughs> They recognize their guilt and seek my face. They will search for me in their distress. God still promises uh, hope and healing, even in the midst of people, his people's uh, sinfulness. So 
6, Hosea 6. I love this. He says, come, let's return to the Lord. This is this plea for repentance among the prophet and among the people. For he has torn us and he will heal us. He has wounded us and he will bind our up our wounds. Verse 2, I love this one. He will revive us after two days. And on the third day, he will raise us up so we can live in his presence. Here we get a call to repentance and we see that the people of God, listen, at least should believe that there is nothing God can't restore them from. Right. And one of the best things about being a believer, man, is that, yo, I can't get lost. Right. I can't go too far in sin where he can't bring me back. I can't go too deep in the grave where he can't revive me again. And in this text, he talks about this two days and then being raised on the third day. And many will say this is where Paul and Christ get the idea that the resurrection uh, of Jesus would happen on the third day. And Paul also says like, yo, he's always saying, no, 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 this is all according to the scriptures. Jesus is like, no, no, the scriptures foretold that I would actually die and rise on the third day. And so one of the things you see is that there is no one clear verse in the Old Testament that says that about Jesus. But the pattern and the structure, the like deep structures of the Old Testament give way to to saying that the Messiah would rise, die and rise. And here it literally talks about this two days and then the third day being raised up. Now, in this ancient context for Hosea, right, he's talking to Israel. So what it meant then, right, is that, no, 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 there's going to be a short time of judgment and then there will be this type of restoration for god's people that is like new life that is like a resurrection and christ as the ultimate israelite is going to fulfill that perfectly and embody that perfectly in his own life death burial and resurrection then i love verse three though it says let's strive to know the lord right let's strive let us strive to know the lord and i love that he's uh actually emphatic in the original language, he's he's super emphatic, like, no, no, let us know and pursue the knowledge of the Lord. This relational intimacy with God should be our primary pursuit. John always says, um, intimacy with, with God is your primary ministry. Intimacy with God is your primary ministry. And one of the things that Hosea is going to keep like circling back on is this theme of the knowledge of God, right? He's going to say it in verse six, for I desire faithful love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings again this is this relational intimate uh covenantal uh marriage like uh knowledge not just a head knowledge not just passing a theology test not just having all the right answers about doctrine but this is a deep uh relational intimacy with god that only comes from a deeply spending time with him and being devoted <clears throat> to him Chapter seven, chapter seven, chock full of imagery uh, that is going to speak of Israel's sin over and over again. He will use the term Ephraim um, because he's talking to the northern kingdom. Remember, the northern kingdom uh, was uh, the 10 tribes and then the, the one tribe, Judah, was in the south. And the northern kingdom, uh, when they were split after Solomon's sin, we see that in first Kings, they had Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Right. He was the leader for God's people in the north. And he was from the tribe of Ephraim, right? And so that's why Ephraim and Israel will be used interchangeably. Look at what he says in uh, verse 8 of chapter 7. He says, Ephraim has allowed himself to get mixed up with the nations. Hmm. Ephraim is unturned bread baked on a griddle. Foreigners consume his strength, but he is not noticed. Even his hair is streaked with gray, but he does not notice. Now, the prophets can be tricky because they have all this like, weird kind of imagery and it's like what are you actually saying they're very poetic but i think what he's saying here is um 
essentially, Israel has become so influenced by the world, by the nations around them, that they have become indistinguishable from the world and the nations around them, so to speak. Right. So remember, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of the Bible had redeemed them and they were to be set apart. They were to be holy. They were to be a kingdom of priests. Exodus 19, 6. They were to be uh, what Isaiah is going to say later. I like to the nations. Right. And and according to this, that, that that was the way they obeyed God. In other words, they were to be distinctive. Right. And that distinctiveness, as I've said a ton, um, would lead to their attractiveness, right? That would actually lead the nations in to say, yo, this is a wise and understanding people. Like, let, like, who is this God that y'all worship? And they didn't do that, right? They, they, they conformed to the world around them. Listen, there's always a temptation in every generation to conform to the world around us rather than clinging type, tightly to the scriptures from the God above us. There's always a pressure. And Israel folded here. They're folded. And we have to be careful because we could we could do the same thing to where the point where it's like we don't even look like Christians. We just look like the world. We just look like everybody else. And God is saying, no, no, no. I need you guys to be distinct so that I can use you to carry out my purposes in the world. He's like, I, I want to use you. But if you like you, you want reach the world like we'll never reach the world or we'll never reach the people around us. If um, uh, but, but, but like we'll never reach the world by trying to be just like it, right? And Israel uh, did not <laughs> realize that. And one of the things that he'll bring up throughout the chapter is that this type of slippage was subtle, right? It, it was subtle, it was insidious, it was little by little, compromise after compromise. It didn't happen overnight, right? But slowly, and, and this, this more and often times happens to us as well, right? Where Many of us don't even notice it. This is why it's so important to be in community. This is why it's so important to be around other Christians. This is why it's so important to walk with people on this journey with Jesus, because they can tell you like, nah, fam, you're tripping. No, no, no. You're, you're starting to do things that are not right. that are not Christian. So Hosea brings that up here way back when uh, in the eighth century talking to Israel. Chapter eight, chapter eight. Uh, and Hosea continues to further expose their hypocrisy and uh, idolatry. False worship, idolatry, and politics, interestingly enough. He says, Israel cries out to me, my God, we know you, right? And God is like, nah, no, you don't, right? They said that with their lips, but their hearts and their hands said otherwise. Listen, how we live before God can tell the status of our hearts and souls long before our lips ever will, right? How we actually live tells the status of our hearts, not just our lips. Yahweh's bride is still cheating. And yet, listen, it's in denial, right? Like, no, no. If, if if Israel is Yahweh's bride, Yahweh's spouse that he has redeemed, has purchased, that has entered into a covenant with, uh, his spouse is cheating and his spouse is in denial about it, right? And it's, it's amazing, man. Like the deceptive power of idolatry, the deceptive power of sin. Israel has been led away from the one who loves them. Right. And they've paid and and and, uh, you know, sacrifice like their their lives to someone who doesn't. Right. And so God is forced to punish. He'll say, yo, now he will remember their guilt and punish their sins. They will return to Egypt. So interesting. Israel has forgotten his maker and built palaces. Judah has also multiplied fortified cities. I will send fire on the cities and it will consume 
the citadels. It's interesting because he says, yo, y'all will return to Egypt. One of the things you see in Hosea is these uh, uh, statements that speak of this reversal, right? So remember, Israel was in covenant with the Lord. He was, uh, the Lord was their God and they were his people. And that's why in the beginning, he's like, no, no, it's going to be a reversal of those very covenant promises that the Lord what uh, has made and that is evidence that his wrath and that his curse has come upon his people so it'll instead of being his people it'll be y'all will be low i mean not my people right so there's that reversal there and then he says y'all will go back to egypt right They're literally a reversal of the exodus and um yeah uh like deuteronomy 28 is coming to the fore here where god promised that no no like if y'all like uh turn away like y'all will go back to egypt um, and so you just see this entire reversal and how idolatry does not lead to freedom, but it actually leads to slavery. I remember one pastor, John Stark, says that uh, idols, listen, idols are slave traders masquerading as abolitionists, right? Idols are slave traders masquerading as abolitionists. Listen, the things that we think will give us freedom, right? The things that we think will make us fully alive the things that we think that will give us everything we're looking for will actually lead us into bondage and the very one who wants to free us from bondage is the lord god himself may we have the courage may we have the 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 the, the understanding and the 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 uh, the holy spirit to believe that that's what god wants for us he wants freedom. He wants us to be, uh, to live as he created us to live and as he redeemed us to live. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your grace today. We pray your spirit invades our heart and helps us to understand and see truth. Uh, help us to not be deceived by the idols of this world. Help us to love you and remember that we're to remain distinct. That we're to love you with our hearts, minds, soul, and strength. We thank you for uh, your promises of not just judgment, but of restoration uh, if we turn from our sin and come to the one true God. Love you, yes. We have some understanding.